We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thud, 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 thud. <laughs> Boomerang. Boom. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And we're back. Tim in for Luke Lipinski, along with the great one, Ron Wolfley, talking a lot of Cardinals today, a lot of Suns as well. Coming up later, K. Ray, Phoenix Suns broadcaster, is going to join us at 1130. Andre Turney is going to going to join us a little bit later on in the show, talk some Coyote hockey, and the great Max Starks is going to pull up a chair here in the studio to talk some football uh, for about an hour. It's all coming up here on a Wednesday edition of Wolf and Luke. Now, Wolf, we talked about the Suns game earlier. Just to reiterate, they, they win a game on the road last night, 125-113, uh, despite not having, what, seven of their top eight players, uh, Chris Paul, uh, Cameron Payne, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Landry Shamit, Cam Johnson. We'll even throw Jay Crowder in just to strengthen the argument about what an improbable but yet impressive win uh, last night against the defending champs who a couple of days ago were 17-2 and two at home. Now they've lost three in a row at home, but still it's really tough to win a game uh, at Chase Center there uh, in San Francisco. So Mikel Bridges comes up big and again, Monty you know, trying to find the right starting lineup, Wolf. I don't know if you caught this. The starting lineup was Tory Craig, Dario Saric, Bismarck Biombo, Bridges, and Wayne, Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. But Monty decided to start Biz about five minutes before tip-off. Yeah. He initially had Jock Landell in the starting lineup. In fact, that's the starting lineup he submitted to the NBA. So even the broadcasters, it was national last night, Ian Eagle and, and Jimmy Jackson, they were like, whoa, well, uh, Bismarck Biombo is yes. apparently starting. And when Al and Tim Kempton were, <laughs> were the same way. So Monty was uh, the mad scientist up until the final minutes trying to figure out the best lineup. But credit those guys, man, they went out there and, as I said earlier, it takes a village to win a game like that. And everybody, I mean, everybody that played was influential in getting that W, a game the Suns led by as many as 27 freaking points. It was incredible, man. It really was to see them not quit um, when they were falling apart in that fourth quarter. Anyone who watched the game, they came out and whoever was the starter didn't matter. Whoever played in that first half didn't matter. They came out and they put the hammer down on the Golden State Warriors. They played as well as I've seen them play as a team. Offensively, uh, they hit some big shots. Defensively, they were on a string, man. They did a great job on the defensive end. They turned over the Golden State Warriors 11 times. Now, I think a lot of that had to do with some of the complacency issues that confronted the Golden State Warriors, and that was on display for everybody to see. But watching what's happening... And watching the Phoenix Suns in particular over the last couple of months, I would say, um, this team has, I don't know, I don't want to say fallen apart, because there's a reason why they've fallen apart. The injuries, of course, there are excuses, and then there are reasons. And when you look at the Suns and what they've endured so far, there's a lot of reasons why the wheels have come off. Um, But I think they can take some encouragement from the team they played last night Mm -hmm. and how well that team played last year. 
the Golden State Warriors. So here's what I will say. I will jump in. This was Draymond Green back on May 26, 2022, before the playoffs. And that's the mindset that we come into this thing with. Uh, we understand what it takes to win a championship. We understand the process and how you have to get better uh, throughout the course of the season. You know, it's not just about winning games throughout the regular season. You know, that's anybody can just win games throughout the regular season. Teams make mistakes. Most teams in the NBA just aren't that good. You know, so you can win games in a regular season, but that means nothing. You know, and we understand that. And so we, we don't chase wins during the regular season. We, we chase uh, improvement during the regular season. And I think we've done that. When you do that and you're, you're constantly improving throughout the year, you give yourself an opportunity to be in the position that we're in now. That is the, the key to having success uh, in, in the postseason. It's just improving each and every day throughout the year. Yeah, and being healthy as well. It's interesting because the Warriors were really good in the first 54 games of the season last year. 41-13, and 13, Timmy. Yep. There were 41 and 13, and then injuries wiped them out, Basinonians. And then they went 12 and 16 the rest of the way. Think about that for a minute. 12 and 16 the rest of the way. And oh, by the way, they won their last five games going into the postseason. Well, that's, that's what you got to hope for for the Phoenix Suns. And, and by the way, listening to Draymond Green now that we're almost a year away from that boy, he's, those were, those were the hidden shots at the Suns last year. Uh, hearing that comment about <laughs> anybody, anybody can win a lot of games and it's not, it's not that important. We don't chase wins. So the Golden State Warriors, as we all know, won the won the NBA championship last year. And, Deion, uh, and uh, uh, Draymond Green was saying there that we knew what it took to, to win a championship. There's a good portion of the Suns' core that also knows what it takes. Even though they mm-hmm. didn't do it, they had a 2-0 lead in the NBA Finals, and they had a 9-point lead late in Game 4 to go up 3-1. So the fact that they didn't do it, I think in a backwards kind of way, they know now what it takes to get through uh, to finish off a team in the NBA Finals and win a championship. Well, if you mention the Golden State Warriors, and I, I do, I, 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 w- I want to point to when everyone got hurt, and not everyone, it's not nearly, it was not nearly as bad as what the Suns are going through now, but there was a stretch from mid-February to the end of March. The Warriors won 7 of 23 games. 7 of 23 games. Man. They looked nothing like a team that was going to win the championship. But they didn't worry about it because they knew they were going to get their guys back. Mm-hmm. They got their guys back in late March and as you mentioned, they hit the pedal. They went 5-0 and in April and they went on to win the world championship. So if you're the Suns, again, you, you got you got to tread water here while while these guys are out and you get everybody back and then you try to make a run. And remember, it's not just getting healthy guys back. We presume James Jones is going to make a deal. Right. He's going to bring in somebody that can right. help, maybe two guys that can help. The problem is, and I talked about this with Burnsy the other day when, when Booker went down, after the Denver game and before the All-Star break, a total wolf of 26 games. Okay. And I thought, okay, if they could just go 13 and 13, they'll be in a good position. The problem is they're now they're two and six since the Denver game. So when you're two and six, yeah. trying to get to 13 and 13 is difficult. And, I, and I, I bring up 13 and 13 because that would put them in a position with Devin Booker getting back to maybe make a run at a, at a four seed or a five seed. But you fall too far back now, it, no matter what you yeah. do when Booker gets back, unless you're going to go like 20 and two after the All-Star break and those final 22, it's going to be tough to put yourself in a good playoff position.
So that's that's the plight of the Suns yeah, right now. And the only thing I want to say quickly on this, Timmy, just to put a bow on it right now, is, listen, I'm not saying that the Phoenix Suns are a mentally weak team. I don't believe they are. I don't believe they are. But it, this, this can provide some encouragement. And it just seeing the Golden State Warriors be their opponent last night. Forget about the game. It really didn't matter. Forget about who was playing. It really didn't matter. Just to see them, it was an encouragement, I think, to me. And I think to a lot of people to see that Golden State, hey, listen, they did it just last year where they went through a massive funk because of injuries. Well, the, the Suns are doing that now. It doesn't mean they're done for the rest of the year, in my opinion. Well, and they got a shot now to maybe maybe go 2-2 two and two on this four-game difficult road trip. They've already got one uh, in the bank. All right, the countdown to Super Bowl 57 has begun, and Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. Text SUPER to 62620. Register and listen for your name starting February 6th, and you can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you will win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So text SUPER to 62620. It's all access, presented by Bud Bud Light and FanDuel. Have we seen DeAndre Hopkins' final game in a Cards uniform? Wolf and Luke. Tim and for Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wednesday edition of Wolf and Luke rolling on. Tim ring in for Luke Lipinski here. Good to be with you uh, for the next couple hours or so. A lot of guys coming up. Kevin Ray is coming up. Max Starks is coming up. Andre Turney is coming up to talk some Coyotes hockey. We're excited about that. Uh, we had Paul Calvisi on Wolf uh, a little bit ago. And one of the questions we asked Paul, and, and, and you chimed in as well, is the future of DeAndre Hopkins uh, in Arizona. And it's complex. Uh, it's going to be difficult in terms of how he feels about his time here and whether or not he wants to be a part of this. Has he already requested a trade? We don't know. Uh, You hear things out and about. But if you're the Arizona Cardinals and you're looking at a guy who may not want to be here and you have the opportunity, and I know there's dead cap money issues and all that stuff that has to be unwound and figured out, but if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't want to be here and you're looking at retooling and rebuilding even in 2023 as Kyler Murray heals up, if you can get a first or second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins to help to help rebuild what yeah. you're doing here, uh, sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how this whole thing unfolds with DeAndre Hopkins because the one thing we do know about D-Hop is he can still play. There, there's no doubt in my mind this guy can still go out and be 12, 1,300 yards in receiving and catch 8, 10 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns in a season. There's no doubt in my mind. He's 30 years old, but you watch him. He's, he's truly incredible to watch on tape because can I, can I just say he's not the best route runner, but he gets open. Does that make sense? Um, He's not a deep threat. He's not a run-by guy. But you can throw him the ball down the sideline, and he's going to catch it. (laughs) All right? I mean, he just does. He's not a burner, but he's not a possession receiver. He's like he's like a combination of both he, with he, with with Velcro hands. Exactly. He, it's so bizarre to watch him, man. He doesn't run these great routes yet. He's open. Um, it's DeAndre Hopkins is going to buzz the phone for the Arizona Cardinals. There's going to be a lot of teams that look at him. I can tell you right now, if you're a playoff caliber team and you're thinking about next year, you think you got a shot and you're on you're on the bubble. You're going to go ahead and say, man, that guy, 
could put us over the top. Right. I, I, I'm a little torn. I, I understand the, the positive impact you could get for your long-term future in trading DeAndre Hopkins right now. But at the same time, I like great players on my football team. Yeah. And Hopkins is a great player. And you have a better chance of winning football games next season with DeAndre Hopkins on your team as opposed to somebody else's team. Cliff was asked about it a while back. This was actually January 1st. Now, before we hear this, I do want to preface it by saying, you know, Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury, even if he felt DeAndre Hopkins was leaving, would never publicly say that because he didn't want to, he wouldn't want to create a, a, a news storm. But this is what Cliff did say when he was point blank asked about Hopkins being here next year. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who can make plays for you. We've seen it um, this year with some of the quarterback issues. Um, we haven't been able to utilize him as much as we would have liked. But, yeah, he's a guy who's been a big part of this offense. Unfortunately, he's missed some games the last two years. But we know what he looks like when he's, he's healthy and, and rolling. Yeah, he's played 19 games total, Wolf, the last no. couple of years. And to, to be fair to the Cardinal organization, D-Hop did a number on them with that suspension. Uh, whether or not DeAndre did, you know, was was uh, didn't know what he was ingesting or yeah, it was, right. wasn't his fault. Whatever, whatever the case may be. The buck stops with you. The it buck does. stops with you, and you were not there for your football team for six weeks. A team that desperately needed you. And then D-Hop tapped out for the final two games of the season. We won't get into that, what his motivation was, whatever. He just wasn't there. So what we do know are the facts, and the facts are he played in 19 games the last two years. Are they way better with him on the field? Absolutely. Was he there for 17 national anthems these last two seasons? Absolutely not. Yeah, well, right, exactly. Listen, um, it's going to be interesting to see what transpires, because I do believe the opportunity is going to be there for the Arizona Cardinals to move DeAndre Hopkins. Why? Because there's real value that is there. The problem is, when you have value, you also have to consider uh, rebuild and what you're going to do. And the fact that he's 30 years old, yeah, I cannot tell you how many general managers across the National Football League are somewhat terrified of the 3-0 number next to age on the scouting report. They just don't like it. And um, because of that, the value and the rebuild that I think is going to happen, in particular on the offensive and defensive line, on the line of scrimmage, boy, the opportunity to move D-Hop is real right now. And I think the Cardinals are going to get a lot of phone calls on DeAndre Hopkins. Having said that, the other thing is this. You're going to have a new culture. And Paul Calvisi, he rightfully so pointed this out. This is the truth. You're going to have a new culture. So, D-Hop, the question I'll put to you right now is, are you going to practice on Wednesday? Are you going to practice more than once? Because I think that new culture is going to come in here and say, hey, by the way, I want everyone to know here, we practice. We practice. And we practice hard, man. And because of that, that's a guess. I could be dead wrong on that base earnings. I, I could. But so much of the time when you've gone one way, you tend to go the other. After you let somebody go, you tend to walk in the completely opposite direction when you hire the next person. And having said that, man, I just see that being the case going forward for the Cardinals. They're going to bring somebody in who's got a culture and that culture includes practicing and practicing hard. It's kind of like Mike Tomlin. 
Mike Tomlin with the Pittsburgh Steelers just a week ago. I believe it was two weeks. Yeah, no, I think it was this this last week going into week 18's game where he, he put the pads on. Now, you're only allowed, I believe it's 14 padded practices during the regular season. He held one of those out for the last week of the season, man, to go out and, and grease it up on the practice field. I just think that that's, that should be part of the Cardinals' culture going forward, and I think it will be. And if that's the case, how does D-Hop fit into that? Because you can't have your best players not practicing. Nobody's against a Veterans Day off now and again. We, we get it. There's value there in a long season. But let's not be ridiculous about it. A hard knocks. Hard knocks is great sometimes because when these guys are mic'd up, you might only hear a quick snippet, a few seconds, but you're like, oh, that's a window into what he's thinking that maybe you don't get in a normal press conference or in front of their locker when they're facing 10 cameras and 10 microphones. Uh, e, play that clip from Hard Knocks where D-Hop's talking to James Conner. I know that was tough to understand the first part of that, but the end was clear as day. Uh, don't know what the future holds. And what he was talking about is them playing together next year. And again, you know, you, you've heard rumblings. We all have that DeAndre Hopkins is unhappy, unhappy with the state of the football team, maybe unhappy with Kyler Murray and his ability to get him the football downfield. But whatever the case may be, uh, we could be seeing the end of the Hopkins era uh, here in Arizona. Wolf, and if it makes them a better football team down the road, fantastic. If, it ta- if they take a ding in the short term because Hopkins is not out there, not so fantastic, but that's life in the big city. Yes, and again, um, with DeAndre Hopkins, it's going to be a situation where he makes you better as a football team, but he makes you better for a football team in a football game. What about everything else that it takes to actually get you to that game? Because um, it's critical, and I know that as a former player as well. Culture matters. It's what you rely on when things get tough. Who we are, what we do, and how we do it matters when we prepare to play a game. It's not just the game. It's when we prepare to play a game. It dictates and makes a lot of decisions for us. It's funny, Wolf. I listen to you say that, and the game has changed. Players have changed. Philosophies have changed. You go back to the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, what you just said there, that'll never change. That is the the core element of a team and winning games and ultimately the pursuit of winning a championship. That will never change. Absolutely. All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Suns snapped their six-game losing streak last night, so will they be able to follow that up tonight against the Nuggets in Denver? We'll ask Suns broadcaster for Valley Sports, Kevin Ray next. Wolf and Luke, Tim and for Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. Sons game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. 
On the heels of an improbable win last night in the city by the bay, the Suns knock off the Warriors 125 to 113. The the Suns were shorthanded. That would be an understatement. And now no rest for the weary as they head to Denver to take on the Nuggets tonight in the Mile High City. And that brings us to game day with K. Ray. Kevin Ray. Man, last night, I got to tell you, there's probably very few people on the planet that pay attention to these things outside of the nine guys wearing Suns jerseys that thought Phoenix was going to go in and win that basketball game last night. What a performance by the guys on the court for Phoenix last night, K. Ray. You mean they weren't favored by 12 by FanDuel going into the game last night? I think it was 12 and a half, actually. I che- you know, it's funny you bring that up. I checked the spread to see how bad it was going to be, and it, it was bad. For, it was for, bad. It was bad, brother. So, Kay, where do you where do you begin, man, when your mind goes to last night's game? Uh, there's a lot of different places you could go. Where do you begin? Well, that, that that's just it, Wolf. Um, you you can go to a lot of places, and they they needed to go to a lot of places. That was, you know, if you recall our discussion yesterday, you know, hearkening back to that victory against Memphis. Um, but they were even more shorthanded tonight than they were that night. Yeah. You know, we said like it, it will take a Herculean collective effort, and that's exactly what they got. Um, I thought Monty's words afterwards were, you know, were apropos because he said, you know, confidence and force. And, and I, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the same thing I did, but they, they played with not just the confidence, but it, it was a, a freedom. Uh, there was just a certain collective freedom about them. And I think, you know, in many ways, as we talk about, you know, other gambling references, you know, they were, they were kind of playing with house money. It's like, okay, nope, nobody's expecting us to win. We're taking on the defending champs. Steph is back. So, I mean, everything, every box was checked against them. And they went out and they played as a team on both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. They withstood, you know, a classic Golden State barrage of buckets in the fourth quarter from Steph and, you know, uh, the, the pool party um but you know you you just tip your cap and it's you know it is the old adage i mean that's why you play the game and the the warriors and steve kerr were left scratching their head afterwards because the suns guys somehow this season are three and oh against the defending champs (laughs) carry in that fourth quarter last night i was getting ready to fly out there and bring the ball up the court myself (laughs) (laughs) well you and me both brother man oh man but hey listen the, the, the one thing about the win that I just loved, and I used the word proud earlier in the season or, or show today because I, I'm, I'm just proud of these guys and, and what they were able yep. to do because not only did they didn't eke a win out, they led that game by 27, they withstood the flurry, and they, 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 they finished off the job, but everybody contributed. Different numbers, obviously. You know, Dario had nineteen and nine. You know, but but Jack Landell had had six and four. But still, everything that everybody did statistically last night on the court was impactful at critical times, and they were all influential. All nine of them in getting that victory last night. It was really something to see. Yeah, and that's that's a great point, Tim. Um, you know, sometimes fans get caught up and like, oh, he only had you know six and four, but it, it's it's how and when he got those points, those rebounds. You know, you know, deflecting shots, altering shots, uh, making the right play defensively. And look, when you're playing the Warriors, 
that that's what happens. You know, they 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 move the ball, they pop around so much, they have so many different weapons that defensively, if you are not connected, if you're not tied together, we've seen it, guys. They they just make you look foolish, and that to me is what stood out is how this collection of players um, was able to stay connected defensively and then turn that defense into some, you know, early, easy offense. Kay, did you think the officiating got a little liberal in that fourth quarter? You know, I mean, it, it was like open season on any I mean, son trying to bring the ball up the floor. Uh, right. Uh, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm I'm surprised, but um, there there were a few calls that it looked like the Suns were getting earlier in the game. That all of a sudden, you know, when Andre Iguodala stepped on the floor, uh, those calls disappeared. Um, they, they did get one big break, you know, on, on the challenge by Steve Kerr that uh, you know that was overturned. So that that was a a key moment right there. But you know those those are the things that you've got to play through, whether you're at full strength or you know twenty five percent of your normal strength. So um, you know that, and that goes back to what uh, the, the word that, that Tim used, proud. You know, I, I think I think that's what really you take away from this. If you're a Suns fan, and I mean Suns broadcaster, I mean that that was the the one thing that I came up with is just how proud I was of this team because you guys have heard it the last two weeks. You know, once again, we're hearing about the vibe and, oh, there's things going on in the locker room and the team is splintering and nothing could be further from the truth. And I thought last night was just a perfect example of why it's so important for for those guys and really, you know, any player, any organization to to not get caught up in the outside noise. Yeah, and I don't throw the word proud out a lot. It's kind of an I almost feel weird saying it. But again, you look at you look at these guys and their positions on the team and the minutes they usually play and, you know, their backups for a reason to go in there and take that game. By the way, K-Ray, can you get fined for criticizing officials or is that just the code? <laughs> you are a son's employee. I mean, we don't want to, we don't want to get you fined, K-Ray. Um, uh, no, no, no fines. You know, I, I, okay, I kind of walked that, that, that line right there. So that's as far as I'll go. <laughs> All right. Well, Adam Silver has you on speed dial. If he doesn't like what he's hearing, he's going to, he's going to ring you up. Hey, it is game day with K-Ray, which means got to talk some nuggets real quick. Uh, the Nuggets are favored by 13 points, by the way, everybody. So now, 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 again, that was so great last night, K-Ray, but now to do it on back-to-back nights, that's another monumental challenge ahead against Jokic and the Nugs. You know, it is, and and I say this knowing full well that every team experiences it, but look, there's we, we can all sit down at the beginning of the season and look at the schedule, and you just kind of go, Really? Really? You're, you're going to do that? So, so we're going to be in California, you know, on one night and we're going to fly to another state. Oh, by the way, lose an hour <laughs> on, on a, on a back to back. Um, and by the but, way, at altitude, 2K right? And as a former, oh yeah, yeah, a former I, Denver I, resident, I, it's real <laughs> and not spectacular. I was, I was, yeah, I was trying my best to avoid talking about the altitude, but you know, look, it, it is what it is. Um, Team didn't get crawl into bed till about four a.m. this morning. Um, fortunately, that it was originally scheduled for a seven o'clock tip, and maybe somebody goes, "Hey, let's give them an extra hour." So, fortunately, it's an eight o'clock tip off. Um, 
But, you know, you just hope that uh, they can summon the energy. You know, I know Monty uh, left the door open for a potential return for Landry Shamit because he had said Landry was, you know, begging him to, to get on the floor last night, but they held him out. So maybe we'll have one extra body uh, tonight. But, yeah, it's a Denver team that's playing extremely well. You know, Jamal Murray starting to play like Jamal Murray. And then you've got the, oh, yeah, uh, two-time MVP. So they, they will have their hands full with this club tonight. So, you know what, okay. I got a little something for you right now. I want to, yeah. Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> a little Michael Porter Jr. Okay, thank you so much for, for coming on, bro. We appreciate it. I love when you drop those nuggets, Wolf. <laughs> Kay Ray, good stuff, man. Always, always appreciate your time. Although, although Ian Eagle is great, last night would have been nice to hear. The sounds of a Kevin Ray calling that monumental performance and upset by the Phoenix Suns last night. Have a good one, K. Ray. Thank you, bro. He gone. <laughs> Michael he gone. Porter Jr. ran him off. <laughs> there you go. That's right. He, he hung up. He's like, I can't listen to this stuff anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh, could another NFC West team be looking for a new coach this offseason? Looking at you, Sean McVay. We'll go through NFL news next. Wolf and Luke. Tim and for Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're back in motoring through a Wednesday. Tim ring in for Luke Lipinski. It is Wolf and Luke here. Wolf, so the Cardinals are looking for a, a new head coach. There are a host of teams looking for a new head coach. The numbers coming out of Denver, talking about throwing $25 million a year, $20 million a year at a Sean Payton. Or Jim Harbaugh. I mean, it's getting it's getting silly money uh, out there in the uh, the pursuit of of a, of a head coach that you think can turn your franchise into a Super Bowl winning operation. They have that coach in L.A. Sean McVay. Yes. At the age of thirty six, he'll be thirty seven in a couple of weeks. Youngest coach to ever win a Super Bowl. He's taking that team to two Super Bowls. He's been on the job since 2017. And Sean McVay, according to all reports now, after the Rams had a difficult year, even though he's only 36 years of age, is thinking about stepping away. He's already granted his staff permission to look for other jobs. If they find one they like, go ahead and take it. Whoa. So the tea leaves are starting to line up that maybe Sean McVay has had enough of being the Rams head coach for now, and maybe a career in television beckons at 36 years of age. Well, for the next 40 years, he's going to be a hot coaching candidate until he comes back and takes another job. <laughs> we'll be dead, and he'll still be a coaching candidate. Uh, Sean McVay, what do you, why do you, let me, let me, let me pose the question to you yeah, this okay. way. Why do you think McVay is thinking about stepping away? Yeah, you know what, honestly, because they went all in, if you know what I mean. They went all in to win the Super Bowl, and guess what? They did win the Super Bowl, and now all of a sudden he might be looking at the cupboard. 
and the cupboard looks a little thin right now. I'm just saying um, that in there, I do believe there is NFL burnout. And everything I hear from Sean McVay and about Sean McVay and how he works, this is a guy that um, was going to be burned out at some point in time. He's a high-energy guy, and yes, even though he's under 40 years old, yes, even though he's the youngest coach ever to win a Super Bowl, he's a great coach. We all understand that. Um, burnout can be real, especially when you're looking into the metaphorical crystal ball and you're saying, okay, what does the future hold? Um Les Snead and Sean McVay, they went all in on winning a Super Bowl, and they did. And then we saw what happened this year, of course, the year after that. Now, they had a lot of injuries, a lot of things happened, uh, not nearly as as many things from a distraction perspective as the Arizona Cardinals had, yet at the same time, they had their own mess, so to speak. Having said that, I believe that Sean McVay is done as the next head coach of the Los Angeles Rams because he wants to be done. That's what I think. You don't give your assistance. There's one asterisk that I'll put on what I just said right now. There's one, and I'll tell you what that is momentarily. But right now, as a head coach, you don't say, hey, listen, any one of my coaches who'd like to leave... You're more than welcome to go. (laughs) You know what? Because I'm trying to make my mind up as to what I'm going to do. You can't be so wishy-washy right now at this point. You can't. You either know or you don't know. What are you doing? What is? Why would you do that? If I were a coach and I heard my head coach say what Sean McVay just said yesterday in regard to, hey, you know what, I, I'm going to allow, I'm going to allow my coaches to seek out other employment while I make up my mind as to what I'm doing. I'm guessing he's done. There is plenty of speculation now. But even, Wolf, go back to last year after they won the Super Bowl and things did not go south and the cupboard wasn't bare. I know for a fact from working in television for 30 years, you tend to beat a few people along the way. And Sean McVay was seriously contemplating leaving the Rams after last season and going to the that booth. That was out there, yes. Going to the booth. And... A lot of the same reasons, newly married, start a family, burnout, working 80 hours a week. And then suddenly, Wolf, this coincides with Amazon needing a new number one analyst and Tony Romo making $18 million a year and perhaps Fox needing a new number one guy. And McVay's got to be looking at this going, wait a second, I can make $20 million a year? Working three days a week for six months a year? Are you kidding me? Now, the number, the, the booth salaries were nowhere near a coach's salary back in the day. Yes. But now they're even better. And uh, I'm sure McVeigh was sitting there going, I can always get, I'm 36 years old. I can go back into coaching in three years, four years, five years, whatever. Pull a Dick Vermeil and stick out the sticks, just stay out of it for 13 years and come back. But you're going to pay me 20 million bucks a year and I work 
And look, look, I mean, granted, yeah. they watch they watch some games on Monday, oh, Tuesday, yeah. and Wednesday. But the work week for for an analyst starts late in the week. You fly into the city, you meet with the coaches, you call the game, then you go home. Oh yeah, it's you're not gonna, bad. You're going to pay me twenty million. I, I, I'm making half of that, and I'm working ninety hours a week, fifty two weeks a year, oh. trying to trying to win football games. Somebody's going to pay me twenty million dollars to go work a few days a week for six months a year. So that looks pretty good. Yeah, you know what? So I'm going to do a broadcast right here, and I'm going to have no culpability whatsoever. I'm going to do the broadcast, and I'll do it in a professional way. We'll have fun. It's ball. We're going to sit around. We're going to talk ball. We're going to break that apart, and I'm not going to have to wear it. If we lose, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's not going to. I'm not going to carry it around. Um. Yes, I I think that's very appealing to a guy like Sean McVay. But again, going back, I want to clarify what the asterisk was. The asterisk is this right here. I want to read this first, and then I'll, I'll comment. It says, this is a tweet from SI. While Rams coach Sean McVay makes his decision on whether or not he will return to the NFL's coaching ranks in 2023, he reportedly won't stand in the way of any member of his staff pursuing another opportunity. This is so, like, ridiculously weird to me. Sean, you either know you're coming back or you don't. You either know it or you don't. So, um, why is this? Unless, ladies and gentlemen, unless he wants to fire his coaches without making it look like a fire. So, basically, what I would do is, Sean McVay, I'm just... Pretending I'm a Sean McVay, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Sean McVay. Would walk up and say, I'm going to keep you, you, and you. Is that okay? Do you guys want to come back? Because we had a really bad season. And we've lost a lot of good assistant coaches over these four years. We've lost a lot of good ones. Now they're head coaches elsewhere. And not only that, they took all our assistants to the assistants. They took our staff. And right now, um... After the year we just had, there are some coaches here that I don't think are good coaches. And because of that, I'm just going to waffle around and make my mind up. You're free to leave, by the way. Right. You're free to go wherever you want to go. And you know what? If you've got an opportunity, I suggest you probably take it. Except for the guys that I've already talked to, maybe on a private basis. I, I don't know. This seems so bizarre. I've never seen a situation like this where a head coach in the NFL says, I'm deciding as to whether or not I'm going to coach this year. So everyone on the staff, right. you're free to go. Scatter. <laughs> hey, E, do we have McVay from uh, Sunday? Let's hear from McVay on Sunday. Yeah, I'm not thinking about that right now. Nothing's changed from kind of where we left things off on Friday. Which would be what? That I'm right here right now, and we'll deal with that stuff at a later time. You know, something else, Wolf, yeah, there's a non-denial denial. That's media. Something else to think about, and again, there's always money when you talk about the TV networks, but again, I mentioned last year, that was kind of the time to go, because Amazon needed a number one analyst for Thursday. Monday Night Football needed a number one analyst. The, the, The Fox needed a number one analyst. So the movement was happening last year. Now those jobs are kind of secure, and I I don't know what Kirk Herbstreet's contract is with Amazon, but, you know, Troy Aikman's got Monday Night Football now, okay? 
Kirk Herbstreet's got Amazon. Uh, the Thursday night uh, football again with Herb Street is, is settled. So th- these jobs they can go three man booth though, right? Like easily they would go three man booth to add in McVeigh. That 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 hasn't always traditionally worked very well. Correct. And the, the, I would and the, agree. And the other part is if you're already slotting twenty million dollars to Aikman and to Herb Street and to uh, Greg Olson, whatever he's making as the number one guy, as they technically wait for Tom Brady, the big money jobs. Are kind of filled the number one analyst. So, are you, you going to fork over another twenty five or twenty million dollars to McVeigh to form a three man booth? It's just, I'm not saying there's going to be no what? options, but the options are not open this year like they were yeah, last year for those number for those number one jobs. That's a good point. But do you know Jeff Bezos and what he would say? Right, a number twenty five million. Right. And Kirk Herbstreit, if you go away, here's twenty five million for you to go away. Well, you, <laughs> and, not even send them away. We're just we'll add. Oh, but you, you can I mean Amazon, what they're making? Oh my goodness! A three man booth. Well, I listen, know, I, I'm not saying that. Alternate, alternate. I'll just alternate. You just want to get. You just want to get Sean McVay under contract. That's what you want. I'll tell you. I grew up with a great three man booth. Frank Gifford, oh, Howard yeah. Cosell, yes, and Dandy Don. Dandy Don. Now that worked. <laughs> <laughs> that, that worked. That worked, my friends. Coming up next, we'll take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Don. Your lunch. It's Wolf and Luke. Tim in for Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.